If you have a child with type 1 diabetes, whether they were diagnosed five days ago or five years ago, you continue to have questions. These are the questions about the emotional side of living with diabetes, the questions about how to parent diabetes. I'm Joanne Robb, a psychotherapist and fellow T1D mom, and I've been parenting diabetes for almost 15 years. In this podcast, I'm here to answer your questions about the emotional and relational challenges that come with being a caregiver for a child with type 1 diabetes. Before we dive in, I have to remind you that I'm not a doctor and nothing that I offer here should be considered medical advice. If you want to make any changes to the way you or your child is managing their type 1, please be sure to check in with your doctor or medical team. Let's get started. In this podcast, I'm reading a question from a listener who's the aunt of a child with type 1 diabetes, and she's writing in to say how concerned she is about what she sees happening for her nephew. Now, we all know as parents of kids with type 1 that things feel very different on the inside than they look on the outside. So while I acknowledge that at the beginning of this podcast, giving a nod to the fact the aunt's perspective might not have legitimacy, I also take a deep dive into what it might mean if she's right. And that really is a problem with this family system around how they're managing diabetes and how someone on the outside who's concerned might be able to step in and provide some support. Hope you enjoy the show. Hello, all. Welcome back. And again, I have Annie. Annie is a good friend and another T1D mom. And she very generously comes onto the show to read questions that come in from listeners. And we get to talk together about uh, what you guys are thinking about and writing in. So today we have a question from Concerned in New Orleans. And Annie, why don't you go ahead and read it? Okay, I'm really worried about my nephew. He was diagnosed a few years ago and is 12 now. In some way, it's not a surprise because my dad has type one, but my sister, his mom, just isn't managing all that well. I notice that his blood sugars are high a lot and she doesn't seem to be tracking what he's doing or eating. They just got a Dexcom, but he's not even wearing it. If I try to talk to him about it, he gets irritated and goes away. How can I help them? Concerned in New Orleans. Oh, so hard and painful, right? For this aunt who's seeing her nephew uh, sort of um, like struggling and not thriving with diabetes, right? Mm -hmm. It's really scary. Yeah, very, very scary. What I want to name is that I see the possibility here that there's some real struggle for this mom, right? That, um, that for whatever reason, and we can think about this together because I do actually have some ideas but there's some possibility that she's struggling with some mental health issues um, mm. because here's what I know <laughs> is that there's no parent out there who doesn't want to do right by their kid. For Even sure. When we see things that are appalling. Those parents still want to do right by their children and there's something that gets in the way. So our mm. job is to think about um, like my job as a therapist is to think about what what's that person's experience and try to imagine into what is getting in the way of her being a successful mom. I also have this thought that we are believing everything this aunt is saying, right? This child's had diabetes for four years, normal for a 12 year old to not really want to be engaged in a conversation about diabetes, might be a little phobic about putting on a Dexcom, right? If this child hasn't been hospitalized, in the four years that he's had diabetes, it could be that more is happening than the aunt thinks. 
Mm. right? It is possible that mom is struggling with some depression and mom needs more support and, you know, and deserves that for sure. Mm. But I want to name that um, there's some level of care that's happening if there's been no hospitalization. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so we need to pay attention to that too, because Mm -hmm. parents do handle these things differently. Some are better than others at getting more in range numbers and being more attentive. Mm -hmm. Um, But we have to play to the strengths of what's happening here. And so maybe Mm -hmm. this aunt isn't seeing it well enough, Mm because honestly, if there were no care happening, I think she would have mentioned some hospitalizations. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. and if it were that level where the child was being hospitalized, where there was no care happening, that actually is frankly an issue for child protective services, right? That's Mm -hmm. very Mm -hmm. extreme. Mm -hmm. So if the if the nurses at school haven't called child protective services, right? Mm -hmm. It's not quite that extreme. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean though that this mom doesn't deserve more support. Mm-hmm. That this is mm-hmm. a tricky developmental age for this mm-hmm. child. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So part of what you're saying is like the aunt might be needing to manage her anxiety. And that also makes sense if she grew up in a house with a diabetic parent who maybe wasn't totally taking care of it. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, that's right. So the aunt has some feelings about it too and wanting it to be more controlled than perhaps it is. And maybe there's room for that. And maybe mm-hmm. that's not going to happen in this family. Mm-hmm. Right. So another reason to be curious is not just for the fam- the parent, the mom or the kids um, uh, starting to think through their choices, but for the aunt to maybe be reassured, right? That if she's like, what's happening? And she's curious about it, that she might learn that the parents are tracking it a little bit better than she realizes. Yeah. It could be that she's not seeing a lot of discussion, that it's not a main focus for them, that they, um, you know, that they're not as attentive to it perhaps as she might be. Mm-hmm. Maybe she'd have all the tech and it would already be on. Maybe this kid is mm-hmm. terrified of the Dexcom. We just don't mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. And so I agree, the aunt has some anxiety too and is making a story. Um, and we don't know from what the reader or the, sorry, what the listener wrote in, right. that, um, like how often the aunt is there, how, what, you know, mm-hmm. what she's seeing. And it's easier, obviously, we all know from the outside to look in and say, oh, you should be tracking it better. You should be more successful. You should be. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I have, um, a family member on my husband's side who um, asked me appallingly when I saw him one summer, like what my son's A1C was, like he was going to grade us. <laughs> you know, I'm like, no, you don't get to do that. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, people on the outside do feel like they're entitled to say, but they don't really know what we're doing mm-hmm. with this heavy lift. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, that's a good point. We're going to take a quick break and be back with more answers. One of the hardest things about diabetes is the food. Your kid has to eat, but there's so many foods that send them high or are tricky to dose for. And at the same time, you don't want to restrict their food choices. You want them to be able to feel like every other kid. To help you navigate the many challenges of food and eating with type 1, I've created the Sweet Talk Snack Course a free mini course that gives you six bite-sized lessons to support your T1D kid in having a healthy relationship with food and eating. Sign up for it at diabetessweettalk.com. So I am imagining that this mom is struggling with some mental health issues and possibly some depression. And so the first thing I think is, 
what support can she get that she's not getting right now? So it doesn't mention here uh, in this listener who wrote in if this mom is a partnered mom or a not partnered mom, mm-hmm. right? If she's not partnered, of course, that makes it harder um, because she doesn't have someone in the house with her who can be doing some of the lifting. But if she is partnered, then we definitely need to lean into that partner more. And the partner mm-hmm. might have their own reasons, right? Why they're dropping the ball. But that, you know, definitely to circle the wagons and get as much support. You know, this aunt is concerned. She can be a support. Who is around for support? Mm-hmm. Right? And it's not really, she says that when she tries to talk to the kid, the kid uh, moves away. Uh-huh. But she has really said what the mom's reaction is if she tries to talk to her sister. Exactly. So that's what I wonder, like, we'll talk, we should talk about the developmental age of this kid and what it's, you know, what's appropriate to ask of a 12 year old. Um, but right now I want to just stay focused on this mom because there's, this is a system, right? This is a family system. And we all know having TUND kids ourselves that it is a family disease right. and our children do better because we are involved in it right? We would not assume that we could just drop our 12 year old off with a bottle of insulin and that they're going to do okay with this job. It's too big. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So a few thoughts here with this idea of more support. One is some therapy could be useful here. That's a feeling I have. Um, I actually think individual therapy might be useful, but family therapy could be even more useful. Um, this is a big discussion that I found uh, in the type one community about like, who's an adequate therapist to help us with type one, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, it is always helpful to have a therapist who knows what that is already. But I have always said very clearly that I don't think that's a necessary prerequisite in a good therapist. Good therapists often don't know what an exact experience is. And they, if they're doing their job, well, go find out about it, right? They consult with people or they ask a lot of questions to the client so they understand better. So I don't think that finding a therapist who knows about diabetes is an absolute prerequisite for this family getting help. I just want to name that because a lot of times I'll get emails from people saying, you know, I need someone who knows about diabetes and um, my practice is generally full, thank goodness. And so um, if I can't help them, I say, you know, yes, it's good, but you could have someone consult with me mm-hmm. about what your issues are. You don't need somebody who knows. So I want to name that first. I think that's so important because the number of therapists that actually are, you know, intimate with the understanding of what it's like to live with diabetes is not very high. Yeah, that's right. And, and they should be able to learn from the client too, because there may not even be someone known that can be a consultant, but, you know, I think a lot of times therapists need to ask the clients like, okay, what's that like? What do you have to do? Mm -hmm. You know, what's that feel like? What's the hardest part about it? And so they would hopefully be able to become more informed by the client. Absolutely. And so this is really about the therapist believing the client's experience. And you want that no matter what in the therapist, you want your therapist to believe your experience. Um, And I think as as people with type one, we often have the experience that people have no idea how hard it is for us. Um, Mm -hmm. So I want to encourage people to think broadly if they're looking for a therapist. Um, I think you're right, Annie, that there are very few people who are intimately knowledgeable about diabetes who are therapists. And if you get, you know, I don't, this person is in New Orleans, you know, if if you get into more rural areas, you're going to have more trouble, right? So help is still help and still useful. 
The other form of help that I really am thinking about for this family is um, family camp. Right. Um, I'm a huge proponent of camp in general, but for this family, I think family camp could even be more helpful. And if the aunt, the person who wrote in the question is willing to go too, that mm. also helps. This mom needs a lot of support. She needs to feel like there are a lot of people around her um, kind of who are with her. Can you say more about what they would get out of family camp? I think that there's at camp, there's such a sense that you're with people who know exactly what you're experiencing. Like you don't have to put words to it. And I think this mom is a little bit um, turning away from the fact that her kid has type one. Somehow she can't get involved in it. And I have a little bit of a working theory that it could be because her father has it. So if a parent has type one and your child gets it, it seems to me there are two possible reactions around that. One is guilt, right? Somehow my genes got, you know, from my father passed through to me, gave this to my son, right? And that there's a that can be a weight, right? Like I did this and that's terrible. The other possibility that I'm thinking about, and I know about this because my dad has type one, is fear. My dad did not do a great job managing his diabetes and was low a lot. Right. So we lived in a pretty fearful state um, about when it was coming and that spent a lot of time calling 911, which is not a comfortable experience as a child. So mm -hmm. if this mom, if her father didn't manage well and there was an emotional impact on her because of it, it would make even more sense that one of her strategies for dealing with the emotion that she maybe hasn't dealt with yet is to just turn away from it in a big way. And like basically put her head in the sand, like this is not happening, right? right? And so if we could get her to camp, for example, it's a very gentle way. It's a very loving, supportive way. Everyone's there, everyone's doing it. I think she probably would have some sense of shame that she wasn't doing as well as these other parents are. But I also think there'd be some wake up. I mean, I think mm -hmm. that's not comfortable shame, but also appropriate <laughs> because she does need to wake up, right? Mm -hmm. And to help take care of this kid. What do you think of that? I think it's a great idea. I think that there is a sense of community there mm -hmm. that's so sweet and comforting and it's just another source of the connection you're talking about. I partly think, you know, you said before that parents often have the impression that other people don't understand how hard it is and I was thinking when you said that like right because they don't mm -hmm. um yep. that's one of the things that's so unique about campus you're sure every single person around you totally gets it yeah I agree and so to be in an environment where everyone understands how hard it is is really helpful um again I think this mom could experience some shame right because um because she's not holding it. Like most parents mm. at camp are already really involved and already mm. really concerned. Like getting to camp is an mm. act of being involved and concerned. Right. And I still think it could be really helpful for her. Well, that's the benefit of having the aunt, like potentially helping and nudging that. Yeah. Or the partner for sure. Right. right. The aunt could go with the partner, like camp. Generally I have found in my experience of family camp and granted I have an N of one here, like I've only been to one family camp, um, mm -hmm. but they're very accepting and very open of whoever needs to come and be mm -hmm. part of that family. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I want to shift a little and talk about the developmental age of this kid, because um, 
the aunt writing in uh, concerned in New Orleans writing in is saying that he's 12. So 12 is tricky, <laughs> right? <laughs> it's a really hard age. So she's saying she talks to him and he doesn't want to talk about it and he goes away. So first of all, it hasn't been modeled for him that he needs to talk about it, that this is important, right? There's been no importance placed on it, it sounds like. I'm making some guesses here. Um, you know, they have a Dexcom, he's not wearing it. Like somehow it's just falling through the cracks a lot. Um, and it's also a really hard age. It's an age where the developmental task is to step away from family is to start to turn to friends is to like create a life that's more your own outside the family. I'm not saying at 12 that you're fully doing that, but that's the start of it. Mm -hmm. And here this aunt is saying, Hey, come closer to me. Hey, I want to watch you more. Mm -hmm. And given that he seems to not have the experience of being watched more, it's even harder. So it's kind of like a new diagnosis, mm -hmm. but almost with a, um, with a backdrop of inattention that makes it easier for him even to step away. Mm -hmm. So this is really going to be hard to get some buy-in from the kid. It makes sense that the aunt is so scared. Yeah, absolutely. And actually there's some research that shows that um, like kind of out of range blood sugar numbers pre-puberty don't affect long-term health the way they do once a child hits puberty and beyond. So we're mm. really hitting that moment for this kid where it actually really matters now. Mm. And he has this history of not paying attention. So sort of like, why should he now? So this is, mm. this is why I think family therapy would be helpful. But I also think for the aunt to just partner with the kid, like, I wonder what it's like when your blood sugar is high. Like, I wonder what it's like that your mom doesn't pay attention to this. I wonder what mm. it's like. I just getting curious with him about what it means to him that he has diabetes and starting to open a conversation. You know, this is not going to magically change, right? This is uh -huh. four years in the making. It could mm. be four or more years in the undoing. Mm. So it's about getting curious and trying to partner with this kid, not in a top-down way. Like, why aren't you wearing your Dexcom? I need to talk to you about dosing, but mm. in a partnering way. In a, mm -hmm. in a speaking kid way. I'm wondering if, if you have advice about, because it sounds like this kid needs to be talked to, but also the mom needs to be like that, that the sister would probably like to have advice talk about how do I approach my sister on this? Yeah. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. I think it's the same thing. I think curiosity is important. I think with the sister, she can say more about her concerns. Mm -hmm. Right. But I mean, she knows best what the possibilities are of um, what her sister's experience was with a dad with type one, right? She mm -hmm. was in the same house. Mm -hmm. um, so it's, it's going to be important for her to come with some curiosity, right? Mm -hmm. And some, um, again, from, from this place of, I know that my sister only wants what's good for her child. So mm -hmm. something is happening for her mm -hmm. that's keeping her from doing the right thing. Right. Like, let's get curious about what that is. Mm -hmm. so that, that makes sense to all of us, because if mm -hmm. that gets validated, the sister is way more likely to be able to look and take good care of her kid. So she's not. So, I mean, a lot of what I'm hearing you say is that sh showing up to the sister with the judgment and criticism that she probably feels will not be helpful. <laughs> yes. Yes. Showing up with some of the fear might be okay, mm -hmm. but the judgment and criticism won't be helpful. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Annie, so much for being on the show and talking this through with me. You're so welcome.
Thanks again for listening today. If you want answers to your questions about parenting a kid with type 1, I'd like to invite you to join our live recording sessions so you can ask your questions in person. Not only will you get the support you need and deserve, but through the podcast, you'll be helping other T1D parents to know that they're not alone with the challenges they're facing. To join one of my live recording sessions, simply go to www.diabetessweettalk.com and click the banner at the top of the page to register. Again, go to www.diabetessweettalk.com and click the banner at the top of the page to register. 